What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to give you our winners of the weekend from SEC Week 6. Also, who depressed us this week? We'll give you a hint. If you had a backup quarterback in this week, chances are your team did not fare very well. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's get to our winners of the weekend. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. Our first winner of the weekend, we start with the Tennessee offense. I talked last week about how dangerous Hendon Hooker is and that passing game, even without Cedric Tillman in this game. But Josh Heupel and the Vols, they went into Baton Rouge and absolutely took it to LSU, winning 40-13 to in a beatdown. But what stood out to me was how balanced the Vols were. Their running game, very impressive. Jabari Small getting 22 carries for 127 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Jalen Wright had 59 yards rushing. Hendon Hooker had 56 on the ground. Uh, Hooker threw for 239, but as a team, they rushed for 263. That's as balanced as you can get. Hooker connected on two touchdown passes to Jalen Hyatt. Brew McCoy stepped up big in this one. Seven catches, 140 yards to him. I was just so impressed. It was a very dominating performance by the Vols in a tough road environment. Their defense is really good, too. They helped make LSU one-dimensional. Held them to just 55 yards rushing. It was a dominant win for the Vols as they improved to 5-0. And now they have a huge matchup hosting Alabama this weekend. College game day's already announced they're heading there. Yeah, they've already been to Knoxville once this year. They're going again. That's how big this game against Alabama is in a rivalry game that has been largely dominated by the Tide. But the Vols smell blood. Will they be able to pull off the upset? We'll talk more about that game throughout this week. Speaking of Alabama... Our next winner of the weekend, I'm putting Jameer Gibbs in here. Continues to show, uh, put on a show in Tuscaloosa. You knew they were going to have to lean on him with no Bryce Young. We saw Bryce Young in full pads. Looked like, you know, maybe he was going to try to give it a go, but uh, they ended up holding him out. Jalen Milrow got the start, and it was a mixed bag from him. Made some mistakes, fumbled the ball away, but it was Jameer Gibbs who helped Alabama get just what they needed. 21 carries, 154 yards. And Alabama's 24-20 win over AM. Yes, they needed a goal line stand. We'll get to that a little bit later. The Aggies, uh, over the Aggies, and Bama secures the win. But without Gibbs' rushing attack, this is a game Bama very well probably would have lost. The past two weeks, check out these numbers. Jameer Gibbs, past two weeks, 39 carries, 360 yards combined. Think he's not playing on another level right now? He now finds himself third in the SEC in rushing yards behind just Rocket Sanders and Quinshawn Judkins. For Alabama, it's their first time they've had multiple wins against unranked opponents by fewer than five points since 2008, Saban's second year in Tuscaloosa. So it depends on how you want to look at it if you're an Alabama fan. A close win over Texas and Austin, and now a close win over A&M and Tuscaloosa, you could view it as the team is being tested and they're passing that test 
while remaining undefeated. So maybe adding a couple of uh, close games is good for character for Alabama. We'll see. Another winner of the weekend, how about Ole Miss's Jonathan Mingo in a game where they found themselves trailing to Vanderbilt at halftime. The Ole Miss Rebels had to get away from their bread and butter a little bit, the run game, and they got to throw in the football with Jackson Dart, and his go-to target was the senior, Jonathan Mingo. Nine catches, 247 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Mingo doubled his entire season production in just this one game. He set an Ole Miss single-game receiving record, breaking Elijah Moore's record that he set in 2020 against Vandy. And Vanderbilt just had no answer for Mingo. 155 of those yards came after the catch. It was just his second 100-yard receiving game of the season. Also do need to give a shout-out to Jackson Dart. I've questioned his passing ability in recent weeks, and he answered the call. He did throw two uh, two interceptions, but he finished with 448 passing, three passing touchdowns. It was a much-needed big passing day that showed Ole Miss can win a game with their passing game if they need to, not just with the dominant run game they've had all year. Another winner of the weekend, I've got Florida DB Jaden Hill. Two interceptions, including a pick six. The pick six of Brady Cook came in the first quarter to extend Florida's lead to 10 to nothing. Really set the tone for the day. His other interception coming in the second half. Uh, he also had three tackles as well. The Gator defense racked up four sacks on the day. Very active and disruptive. It's worth noting, this was only Jaden Hill's second game of the year. He just came back a week prior against Eastern Washington. He missed all of last season due to injury. Ventrell Miller, he also had a very nice day, 11 total tackles. But Jaden Hill, large amount of ACL injuries throughout his football career, even in high school. After the game, Billy Napier said he was the first person that we called up in front of the team. If we were giving out game balls, we would have gave one to him today. Jaden Hill, outstanding, and they needed that pick six to help Florida to the win over Mizzou. Another winner of the weekend, I'm putting Georgia's defense in here. Look, after a couple lackluster performances the prior two weeks against Kent State and Mizzou, the Bulldogs needed a get-right game, and that's what they got versus Auburn. The Bulldogs dominated Auburn, winning 42-10. They held Auburn under 100 yards rushing as a team. They held Robbie Ashford to 165 passing yards, 52 rushing yards. They kept Tank Bigsby in check, held him to just 10 carries for only 19 yards. Auburn was 5 for 17 on third downs. Georgia forced a couple of fumbles. And look, after they give up 22 points to Kent State and 22 points to Mizzou, they held Auburn to just 10. And Georgia improves to 6-0, 3-0 in the SEC, and the Deep South's oldest rivalry was just not a very competitive one. I thought, you know, Auburn would be able to keep this close. They did in the first half. Georgia just ran away with it in the second half. I want to shout out Georgia's run game as well. Branson Robinson, 98 yards. Dejon Edwards, 83 yards. And how about Stetson Bennett showing off his wheels with a 64-yard run of his own? Almost 300 rushing yards as a team for Georgia. And next up, they get a home game against Vandy. Another winner of the weekend. I put Will Rogers in here just about every week at Mississippi State, but it's because he just continues to have phenomenal days. 31 for 48 for 395 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He continues to lead the SEC in passing yards with over 2,100 yards passing. Also leads the SEC with 22 passing touchdowns. The next closest to him is Bryce Young with 14. He's only got three picks on the year, only been sacked eight total times. Will Rogers just having a phenomenal season. 
and he continued that with a win over Arkansas this weekend. The Bulldogs now 5-1 on the season. They've only had two better starts over the past 20 years. That was in 2012 and 2014 when they started 6-0. But also underrated, how about running back Dylan Johnson? 17 carries for 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Also had two catches for 49 yards. But he's the first Mike Leach player to hit 100 rushing yards at Mississippi State. Fourth time this season, Mississippi State has scored 40 or more points. And now back-to-back SEC wins for Mike Leach's crew and consecutive SEC wins by at least 17 points for the first time since 2018. They are rocking and rolling, man. If they just could have uh, figured out how to win that game at LSU a few weeks ago, they'd be sitting here undefeated. And uh, maybe something to think about for Alabama and some other teams down the stretch, including Ole Miss. Our last winner of the weekend, I've got uh, Marshawn Lloyd over at South Carolina. It was a week where we had so many backup quarterbacks playing in this league, and South Carolina took advantage of Will Levis being out, Kaya Sharon making his first career start, unable to bring the big plays that Levis brings. But South Carolina did a good job playing ball control. Marshawn Lloyd, a great job running the ball, 22 carries for 110 yards and a rushing touchdown, also had two catches for 31 yards. Marshawn Lloyd now 7th in the SEC in rushing yards, right behind Ole Miss's Zach Evans. And that's now three straight productive weeks for Lloyd in the rushing game. Think about this. He only had 75 rushing yards combined in his first three games. Now over his last three games, Marshawn Lloyd has combined for 359 rushing yards. Gamecocks are at their best when they're running the football effectively. And that's what they're doing right now. Quick shout-out to that Carolina defense that racked up six sacks and helped Shane Beamer get his first win over a ranked opponent there at South Carolina. So uh, a lot of congrats to go around there. Quick reminder, thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Those are who impressed in week six. How about who depressed us? We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, want to remind you guys about our friends at Simply Safe. Look, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. It's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. We know because we use Simply Safe. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why we love it. I mean, they're always uh, available whenever you need it. Uh, professional, always have your back, 24 7 monitoring agent, and they're Simply Safe tech support staff always there to help you out they'll call you the moment a threat is detective and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached simply safe blankets your home and protection with advanced sensors for every room window and door their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes go to simplysafe.com slash locked on college save 20 percent on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Again, visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Continue on here, locked on SEC. All right, we gave you our winners of the weekend. Now it's time to get into who depressed in week six of the SEC. And there was a lot of uh, ugliness and blame to go around. So let's jump right into it. And I'm starting first and foremost 
with Jimbo Fisher's final play call. Look, on a night where Texas A&M was a 24-point underdog, the Aggies did a phenomenal job playing their butts off. The defense was lights out. They kept this one close and had a chance to win the game in the final seconds, trailing 24-20. Haynes King, under two minutes to play, takes the Aggies right down the field, connects with Evan Stewart, Moose Mohammed, draws a flag for pass interference. That sets up for one play from the two-yard line, three seconds remaining. Aggies call a play to Evan Stewart. Falls incomplete. Alabama holds on for the win, but a lot of criticism for the play call from Jimbo, which appeared to be a backside hitch at the goal line to the short side of the field. The pass was so high, it looked like even if Stewart had caught it, he may have just been shy of the goal line because he was hitching back. A lot of folks thought, hey, maybe you get Haynes King to roll out. Maybe you set up a run play or a screen play to Devon Chain, who's been you know, your best offensive player for much of the year. If anything, my opinion, I think it solidifies even more that Jimbo needs to hand over play calling duties to somebody else next year. You just felt like give your team a chance to win. You throw the ball over a uh, receiver out of bounds. You don't even get a chance to win there, man. Even, uh, even if you just ran the ball, you get stuff to the goal line. At least you have a chance the guy can fall forward and win the game. But uh, just another blow for the Aggies, who started this season preseason number six. They were hoping to compete for the SEC and play for a national championship, but that offense just has not lived up to the hype. They played better this week, and Haynes King, give him credit. With Max Johnson out, thought he stepped up to the plate, played very well. But now the Aggies are 3-3 three and three overall, just 1-2 and two in the SEC. And next up is a road trip to South Carolina. It's just... Uh, it's another rough go for Jimbo Fisher and a lot of money he's making. Next up in our who depressed category, I've got Kentucky. Look, it's been a rough two weeks for the Wildcats. Just two weeks ago, they were 4-0 and ranked number seven in the country. But since then, a heartbreaking late loss to Ole Miss. And then this past weekend, without Will Levis dealing with that turf toe, Kaya Sharon not able to do much with this offense as the Cats fell 24-14, Chris Rodriguez. He had 22 carries for 126 yards. It's his first 100-yard game of the year, but he fumbled on the opening drive. That led to points for South Carolina, and the Kentucky offensive line woes continue. They give up six sacks to South Carolina. Sharon threw an interception to David Spaulding. They had a punt block. They missed a field goal. It's a rough day at the office all around for the Wildcats. They had uh, some defensive breakdowns that allowed Spencer Rattler to get into a little bit of a rhythm. And uh, that doesn't bode well because they've got a red-hot Mississippi State coming up next. So the Wildcats need to get Will Levis healthy and ready to go. And may um, find themselves in a shootout with the Bulldogs. Another depressed of the weekend. How about Arkansas going in a series of teams without their starting quarterback this past weekend? The Razorbacks. Well, without K.J. Jefferson, they said, you know, they thought maybe he could go, but it's a game-time decision, ultimately decided to hold him out. We saw both Cade Fortin and Malik Hornsby. Hornsby did show off his running ability, 114 rushing yards, but through two picks, Arkansas was 0 for 3 on fourth downs, trying to keep up with that Mississippi State offense as they fall 40-17. to 17. The Bulldogs put up almost 600 yards of offense on the Razorbacks, and out-dueled them with 33 first downs to just 18. The Hogs 
Also had 10 penalties for 84 yards. They lost the time possession battle 36 minutes to 24. As bad as the defense has been for Arkansas, I do need to give a shout-out to Bumper Pool. He did set a program record with 409 career tackles. But Arkansas has now lost 13 of their last 14 road games against ranked opponents. After starting the season 3-0, the Razorbacks are now back to 500 at 3-3. They've lost three in a row. And now they have two tough road trips coming up. A road trip out to BYU this weekend in a non-conference matchup, and then a road trip to Auburn. Always difficult place to play. Just saying things could get worse for Sam Pittman's crew before they get better. What's going on, Arkansas? Another depressed of the weekend. How about LSU? Tigers had shown grit in recent SEC wins, beating Mississippi State at home and then coming back to beat Auburn on the road. But LSU was just clearly unmatched against a super talented Tennessee team on Saturday morning in Death Valley on the opening kickoff. LSU muffed the kick and gave the Vols a short field. If you blinked, it was 10-0 Tennessee, and they never looked back. We told you last week this was a game that LSU was going to need to throw the football and try to take advantage of a weaker Vols secondary, but Jaden Daniels just continues to look hesitant when it comes to pushing the ball down the field. Daniels was sacked five times, and LSU was 0-3 on fourth down attempts, and Daniels threw his first interception of the season in the final minutes of this one as the Vols rolled to a 40-13 beatdown Tennessee did a good job of shutting down the LSU run game as well. They held them in just 55 yards on 28 rush attempts. That's two yards a carry. LSU, they just had issues. They lost two offensive linemen. Left tackle Will Campbell was out of this game uh, due to dehydration. They found him in the hospital. And left guard Garrett Dellinger, uh, he left the game with an injury. If LSU's offensive line play does not improve, there will be more losses on this schedule. Next up, a road trip to the Swamp. To play the Florida Gators. Another deep press of the weekend. I've got Auburn in here. Auburn just 258 yards of total offense against Georgia this weekend, this past weekend. That's now two straight games that they've had less than 300 yards of offense. That's only the second time that's happened in the last decade. Auburn had a silly fake punt that didn't work that set up a Georgia touchdown drive. And Auburn has not scored scored more than 17 points in any of their last four games under Brian Harson. Auburn snapped a streak of two straight games without a second-half point. They got an Anders Carlson field goal in the third quarter. But the Tigers have been outscored 125-31 to 31 in the second half of their last nine games against Power 5 teams. It's just a kind of a wait-and-see-now mode. Uh, when does Brian Harson get fired? Next up, it is a road trip to Ole Miss before their bye week. A lot of folks believe Auburn will use that bye week to move on and relieve him of his duties. But who will be the interim? Is it Zach Etheridge? Who do you make the interim head coach if you move on from Harson? But the timing would seem right. Look, if they go up and put a valiant effort against Ole Miss, maybe they keep him. I don't know. We'll see. But if they go get blown out, Ole Miss. You got to think the axe is coming for Harson very soon. Another deep press of the weekend. Not to be too hard on him, but Brady Cook, I thought, a week after playing very well against a Georgia defense, just made too many mistakes in this one, particularly those two interceptions to Jaden Hill. One of them was a pick six. He was sacked four times. And he's just going through his growing pains as a young, first-time starting quarterback in the SEC. He's now thrown for just 1,200 passing yards on the season with just five touchdowns to six interceptions. 
And if you're a Mizzou fan, you're looking for moral victories, yeah, your team is just 2-4 and four overall, but three straight losses have all been by one score or less. They lost by three at Auburn. They lost by four to Georgia. And this week, they lost by seven at Florida. Next up, a home game against Vandy after their bye week. And lastly, in our depressed category, look, he won the game, but I'm putting Anthony Richardson in here. It looked like Richardson was really starting to improve as a quarterback. He threw for over 400 yards in that Tennessee loss and threw for 240 yards last week against Eastern Washington. But this week, just 8 for 14 passing for only 66 passing yards for Richardson. One touchdown, one INT. He did have five carries for 45 yards. I just don't really know where we are with Anthony Richardson right now. I guess he didn't have to do much with the way that Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne were running the football. But still, that's 100 total yards of offense that Richardson had on Saturday in a one-score win over Mizzou. Next up, uh, LSU defense quarter Matt House. Going to try to test Richardson's passing ability, you have to think, and pressure him. But on the season, Anthony Richardson just 1,100 passing yards, five touchdowns to seven interceptions passing. Not all that great. All right, thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the latest AP poll and where the SEC teams rank in that one. But first, I want to remind you about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting throughout the season. They get all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on just about every game. And as always, BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information. they got live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Head on over to BetOnline.net. You can do so on your mobile device to learn more. They're going to have all the SEC games going up there for you this weekend as uh, we'll give you those lines throughout the week. Go check them out right now. Bookmark them in your phone. It is BetOnline, and it is where the game starts. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC, and we got to update you on the latest uh, AP poll because there's been some movement up top once again as we jump into it. Georgia took back the number one spot in the AP college football poll from Alabama, being bumped out last week by the Crimson Tide, who slid to number three. The Bulldogs received 32 first-place votes, 1,535 points in the top 25 to easily reclaim the number one spot. They were just two points behind Alabama at number two last week. So Georgia thumps Auburn. They're the number one team. Ohio State moves up a spot to number two. They got 21st place votes. And Alabama falls to number three. That is a season low ranking for Alabama, who is the preseason number one. Fell to number two after they struggled with Texas in week two. Ty did receive 11 first-place votes this week, but uh, that's how the top three shapes up. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, Clemson comes in at 4, Michigan number 5, uh, Tennessee coming in at number 6 after that big win at LSU. So that sets the stage for, if you're going by the AP poll, number 3 Alabama at number 6 Tennessee this weekend. As we mentioned, college game day will be there, so that's big. Ole Miss hanging tough in the top 10. They are at number nine in the AP poll. Uh, Mississippi State climbing back up in the rankings. Remember, they were unranked just a couple weeks ago. Now they're in the rankings and continue to move up number 16 in the latest AP poll. 
And uh, the only other SEC team hanging in there, it's Kentucky hanging tough at 23 after their home loss to South Carolina this past weekend. So, like we said, Tennessee moves up to number six, the best ranking for the undefeated Vols since number five early in the 2005 season. That's how far back you got to go back to the former days where Tennessee's been ranked, uh, was previously ranked this high. They stumbled to a uh, five and six and unranked finish later that season, though. So, uh, that's when things started to go sideways. But uh, USC, they fell one spot to number seven ahead of Oklahoma State. And like we said, Ole Miss coming at number nine. Penn State rounding out the top ten. Uh, Texas back into the top 25 after their beatdown of Oklahoma this past weekend. Both those teams were unranked. But such a convincing beatdown, the Longhorns find their way back in at number 22. Future SEC school there for you in the top 25. But Again, just to recap, Georgia number one, Alabama number three, Tennessee number six, Ole Miss number nine, Mississippi State number 16, and Kentucky number 23. Uh, obviously, LSU fell out of the rankings where they were. Uh, Arkansas has been out for a little bit, and uh, that's where we are. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest movement in the polls, but congrats to all those teams that are ranked there. And uh, obviously, another big, big week coming up here in week seven of the SEC and uh, we'll preview a lot of the games happening this weekend like we talked about Kentucky with a big game against Mississippi State LSU and Florida big game for both of those programs and you know what's year one like for Brian Kelly what's year one like for Billy Napier it's a big big game for both of them Uh, of course Georgia gets Vandy Uh, Ole Miss and Auburn is an interesting one Arkansas of course trying to snap their losing streak going out to BYU and um Again, Rocky Top is going to have the center of all our attention this weekend with Alabama and Tennessee. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. I am Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow. we got some great guests coming up this week you do not want to miss, particularly if you're a uh, Georgia Gator fan or, or a Florida Gator fan uh, or just a fan of the SEC back in the 90s. We're going to have Danny Werfel is going to join our show. He's got a great charity event coming up that we'll tell you about later this week so you don't want to miss that and uh, also some other special guests dropping in as well so make sure you subscribe to our youtube page where you can get the video version of this show and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast version we're here for you five days a week talking all things sec football again i'm chris gordy thank you guys for making locked on sec your first listen every day now you go make your second listen check out some of our other great podcasts on the locked on podcast network covering your team every day we got locked on LSU, Locked On uh, Vols. we got Locked On Gators. Just about every school that you're looking for in the SEC, we've got you covered. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.